Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. When one comes before the Word of God, this one should come submissively. Not trying to figure out what God is saying, what He meant. Is this really something that's important to Him or not? We should simply listen to what the Word of God says and then believe it and implement it into our life. That is how we learn the truth of God. That is how we hear his instruction and not just hear, but also obey it. If we are going to be people that God is well pleased with, then we need to learn how to study and obey his revelation. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 87. The book of Psalms and Psalm 87. Now, this is relatively a short psalm, and it's a psalm that deals with the kingdom of God. And we know from the position of the new covenant, those who are going to be in the kingdom of God must be born again. They need to have an experience, an experience through the gospel, whereby they become a kingdom creation. And in many ways, this psalm is going to speak to that same biblical truth. So look with me to verse 1. Psalm 87, verse 1, where it says, By the sons of Korach, these are the ones who wrote this psalm down. We have encountered other psalms written by this group, the sons of Korach. And notice what it says. Mizmor, which means a psalm. And then we have the word shir, which is a song or a melody, a Hebrew poem. So once again, verse 1, by the sons of Korach, a psalm, a song. And then we have the phrase, his foundation is in the mountains of holiness or his holy mountains. Now, most scholars understand that Jerusalem, Yes, we have the Temple Mount, but we have other mountains around and in Jerusalem. In fact, Jerusalem, according to some, have seven mountains that make up this city. So when it speaks about holy mountains, it's speaking about the city of Jerusalem. And we know something. We know that Jerusalem, oftentimes in the scripture, is parallel to another kingdom word and this is the word Zion or zion so in this passage of scripture we're going to see jerusalem the city of god Zion, zion all referring to a kingdom context once more we read in this verse that it's the foundation his foundation is 
in his holy mountains verse 2 the lord loves the gates of sion now here we have something in the plural gates now we know in one sense that that there's only one way into the kingdom of god through the gospel there's only one savior there's only one means of salvation and that is messiah's work on the cross so it's very specific it's very exclusive only one way into the kingdom of god but when we talk about kingdom and we talk about jerusalem one of the things that should come into our mind is worship we have been born again we have been created anew through that gospel message so that we might worship god worship is not just singing praises and praying to god but worship is also a lifestyle it is submitting to the instructions of god with one objective and that is to glorify god now many people might do good deeds but that doesn't mean that god sees those work as good why because it's just not the action that is important to god also the motivation the reason behind that action so someone might enjoy doing good things that might just be their character they were brought up to believe that doing these good things are the right thing to do but it's only when we do them to honor god it's only when we do them in submissiveness to god that we want to please him that we want to obey him then and only then in his eyes these are good things now when we look at this scripture it says the lord loves the gates of zion what he's speaking about is people coming in there were many gates into jerusalem into that area of worship going up to the temple mountain to where that the house of god was and what we know is this god is saying not just those gates but he's speaking about those who are going through the gates to worship him when it says here look again the lord loves the gates of sion he loves the means by which people worship him coming before him the gates of sion speak about coming before god submissively humbly and for the purpose of honoring him bringing him glory god loves that we could just summarize it by saying this god loves worship it is pleasing to him those individuals that want to worship god in a way that god is glorified god is pleased with according to the instructions of god and then keep reading it says more than all the dwelling places of yaakov so here we see that Jerusalem, above all the places that Israel and here, Yaakov, is simply being used, Jacob is being used as Israel, his people. So those gates to Zion, those gates of Zion, when we look here and we see Yaakov, it's an emphasis upon the people of God, Israel so God loves it when Israel and in one sense we're going to see I mentioned that this psalm is connected to the kingdom we see 
the city of God will be mentioned in a moment. We have the term Sion, which is always a kingdom word, Zion. And then notice what else he says here. Look at the next verse, verse 3. It talks about honorable things or glorious things. And these things, and it's being spoken of these variety of glorious things, but we see that coming together in unity where it says it is spoken in you meaning spoken in that city in jerusalem in zion in the kingdom and then when we keep reading it says the city of god selah selah is a term of emphasis it's a term of affirmation so this city jerusalem is indeed the city of god and we know that this city by means and don't miss this jerusalem in its redemptive state becomes zion zion jerusalem is going to become the heart the center the foundation of the kingdom of god and the reason why i mention redemption is because of what i've said earlier there is going to be an emphasis upon this concept of being born born by means of the kingdom notice what it says in this next verse look at verse 4 i will make mention and then we have the term rahav rahav is a synonym according to most scholars both christian and jewish a synonym for egypt and what we're going to find here is that there's going to be some some enemies mentioned to the jewish people but god is a majestic god god is a mighty god he can take the enemies and turn them into fellow believers that's why we're called in the new covenant to pray for our enemies to be kind to them because they might become part of god's covenant people and i believe that we're talking about a remnant here where it says i will make mention of rahab that is egypt and babylon and how is he going to make mention for for those that that know me that literally i know them god is speaking and he says i know them and this word for knowing is not like here which is simply i know of them but it's the root ladat which has to do with a relationship knowing in a a relationship manner so we can see that there's going to be a remnant of egypt a remnant of babylon that is going to come to faith that shouldn't surprise us in the book of revelation We see that that familiar statement come out of babylon my people so god has people in every nation in every kingdom in every location and through an experience what experience well keep reading here notice what it says behold peleshet this is the philistines also tyre and also cush with Cush, which is Ethiopia. Now, when we look here, going back to the, the middle of verse 4, it says, Peleshit, the Philistines, they were, were very uh, harsh enemies 
of the children of Israel. And we see also Tyre, which was known as a place where many Jewish people dwelt in exile, also a place of great wealth. And what we see here is that there's going to be a change. The enemies are no longer going to be enemies. The wealth is not going to be the wealth of the world, but that wealth is going to be converted into that which is offered up unto God. And then we have Ethiopia, which is seen as historically a strong power, an empire of of might. And what God is saying is that all of these things that, that related to the world are going to go through a change. And why am I saying that? Well, look at the end of verse 4 where it says, Ze-Yulad Sham. This one, and it's speaking about all of these, all of these, but literally it says, this one has been born there. Now, this being born, and it's a passive verb. Being born, meaning they went through some process that they did not initiate, but it was done to them this kingdom creation this being redeemed this change whereby that they are a new creation it happened to them it was passive they were passive someone brought this change about and what type of change will change that makes these enemies now part of the kingdom people look to the next verse verse five once more we have that term Sion. And to Zion, this can be understood about Zion, about the kingdom. It will be said, Ish, Ish, Yulad, Ba. Every man, meaning every individual that's going to be part of the kingdom, one who's going to belong to, has a connection to Zion, the kingdom. How do they find that that relationship? What happened to them? Well, it says here that he was born in it, meaning this. Born again, a kingdom creation, a change happened. And notice, it happened in it. What's in it? Well, it relates to the kingdom, Jerusalem. It relates to a change that comes about when, and here's the key, when we desire to worship god now here's the problem many people they come and their gospel is not a biblically sound gospel we know that we are saved by grace it is a free gift we receive that grace through faith not of good works it it has to do with a a heart change whereby we agree with god we look at ourselves and we see that we're lost, that we're separated from God, that we are in need of forgiveness. We need that mercy, that grace. We need to change, and we can't make that change of ourselves, but we desire it. And why do we desire that change? Because we don't want to live in sin. We don't want to experience the eternal consequences of sin. But what do we want? we want god's grace and god's grace saves but god's grace and i've said this many times over this past year god's grace works in a person's life to move them into 
the will of God so that they can do the will of God. And this is where we're going to in this study. What is foundation is this. I want to change. I want to be a new creation. I want this born again experience. Why? So that I can worship God. And worshiping God involves serving Him. Now, that is the evidence that one has been saved or that one is a candidate to be saved when their objective is this. I want to turn away from sin and embrace God's will. I acknowledge that my ways are not God's ways. And I acknowledge that my sin, sinful things because of my will, do not produce anything that is good. I want to be released from the power of sin. I want to be delivered. I want to become the purchased possession of Almighty God through that gospel message, through the grace of God, through Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ. It's only when I want that change, then and only then, is that person born again. Now, here's a very important biblical truth through god's revelation let me say that another way through god's revelation and the conscience we have a conscience god has created a human being every human being with a conscience and that conscience has the capacity to some degree to agree with god meaning this a person before they are born again, let me say it another way, before that one is regenerated, that new creation in Messiah, before that happens, a person, when encountering God's truth, when encountering God's revelation, God is able through the conscience to cause that person in his lost state, being dead to sin. He's dead to sin, but that conscience can cause him to agree with god i've said this before but i want to repeat myself here a person who is lost dead in sin and trespass that person when they come across the verse thou shall not steal they can say yes many unsaved people would agree it is not good to steal there's many things in the word of god that a person who is lost in sin they can encounter that and say yes that is right a person can say you know in my life i can see that i'm not living the way i should i can see as well that i'm helpless to to escape from that that i'm in bondage to these things and i want to be delivered and they can come in contact with the gospel they can read it in the word someone can share a testimony give them that gospel and they can be lost and they can say yes i need salvation i need the mercy of god i need to be born again and i trust in messiah yeshua acknowledging what he did upon the cross that shedding of his blood for eternal redemption and through that conscience before they're regenerated they can agree with god now obviously after one is born again after one has the holy spirit 
in their life dwelling that indwelling holy spirit they're going to be better equipped to agree with god to understand the truth of god but a lost person through the conscience can agree with god to a certain degree a degree that they can find their need for salvation and see that the gospel is the answer to that they see their need and they see the solution messiah Yeshua, his blood being poured out on passover day they can see that and receive that and it's only when they agree with god through their conscience that agreement in regard to the gospel causes them to be born again why are we talking about that because we're going to see in this 87th psalm three times there's going to be emphasized about being born born in this unique way this new life so again look at verse 5 and to Zion, that's zion it will be said ish ve ish meaning every man it's an idiom everyone there's no exceptions to this everyone is going to be born and it's singular he will be born or has been born in it what's that in that kingdom message by that kingdom truth by what jerusalem is about wanting to come before god and worship him when we have that desire and we mix that desire with the gospel one will be born again and notice how verse 5 ends and he he will establish it i believe that it Zion, jerusalem it's relating to the kingdom and then it speaks about Elyon. Now, the rabbinical commentators, they, and we see some, some justification for this. Because in this psalm, we see sometimes that which is plural is spoken of singular. Sometimes that which is masculine is spoken of as feminine and vice versa. And here we have the term Elyon. And in Judaism, there is a desire to say that that he has established it and the it is jerusalem a city is feminine so it would say the the most high meaning above all that jerusalem is the highest the most elevated place speaking about the kingdom others will say because elion is masculine not feminine it does not deal with the city that he has established but rather it deals with the who which is god the most high god so i go with that interpretation that understanding that that it's he the most high meaning the most high god who will establish it now look at verse six the lord this is that sacred name that you'd hey vav hey the lord yespor he usually when we say will tell it's yisaper but here is a word yispor and usually it's a a word of counting and acknowledgement and what we see here is that we can understand it as registrating it meaning writing it down kind of in an annual and what we see here is that he will count that is the lord will count in the writing or the registry of the peoples 
what it says here is that everything that is connected to the kingdom it's going to be written down it's going to be registered it is going to be be acknowledged by god so anything that's connected to the kingdom god is not going to forget it he is not going to abandon it he is going to to acknowledge it and what is that primary thing that he's going to acknowledge we'll look again we see the third time it's mentioned this one who has been born there selah now the emphasis is the kingdom when it says there we're always talking about in jerusalem in zion in the kingdom and what i believe it's speaking about is that kingdom message which is indeed the gospel one is born by means of the gospel and that born again experience makes them as we've talked about a kingdom creation let's look at the last verse verse 7 here we see that once again the emphasis is going to be on worship let me just pause for a moment and say something to you worship is extremely important to god what does that mean we should agree with god that worship should be extremely important to us anything that we offer up to god and we say this is worship we should want to make sure and hear this carefully we should want to make sure that it's within the framework the structure of what the scripture reveals one of the lies of the enemy because he hates the worship of god satan wants to be worshiped he doesn't want god to be worshiped and therefore what does he do one of his number one actions is to corrupt worship he's against worship he wants to change it he wants to violate the biblical standards of worship and i see that so much taking place in in many houses of worship among many congregations what does verse 7 emphasize worship and notice what it says ve sharim now here we're talking about singers or some the rabbinical commentators those who write songs so the songs the the song writers or the singers it says as cholilim this has to do with musical instruments and what he's saying is this there's going to be a a unity between the singers or those who write the songs and the ones who play the song what the scripture is emphasizing is agreement or unity now unity is always brought about by the truth of god this principle is sadly being neglected or ignored today so do we want unity in worship yes we do how do we get worship to be unified through the truth of scripture and any time that we violate what the word of god says it is extremely serious and it takes that which was pleasing to god and makes it displeasing to him one of the things that you and i should be doing is this asking ourselves am i attending a congregation where the worship 
is pleasing to God this is the number one reason why you should go to a local congregation you select this one opposed to that one why because the worship is pleasing to God now here this second point part of the worship experience is also the proclamation of the truth of God there is that inherent correlation between worship praising God thanking God making your petitions known to God that worship experience and the proclamation of his word these two things go together and there needs to be unity between what is said and what is written down and that's what we see in verse 7 the the singers or the ones who write the songs however you understand that word sharim and the the instruments that are being played unity and it says all my springs in you springs have to do with water has to do with blessing it has to do with that which is pleasing that which is soothing that which is is refreshing and worship should have that experience when we worship god worship god as we should in spirit and in truth it is going to have a renewing effect upon us i can say personally when i speak the word of god and do so in a way that that god is is glorified that is in accordance with his word doesn't wear me out it energizes me it renews me and worship it should have that same experience anointed worship worship within the the framework that god has given to us is not going to be boring it's not going to to grow old it's not going to be something that we're not excited to do it is something that is wonderful fantastic marvelous and relates to the majesty of god when we worship properly it brings us into the presence of god and that's why worship and the kingdom who's in the kingdom he is so kingdom people experience that king of kings god himself and where why we experience a foretaste of that kingdom now is through worship what are we going to be doing in the kingdom of god we are going to be worshiping him both in word song thanksgiving but also in deed this is our call as those who were created by god and those who were born again now everyone's created by god but the only ones that can worship him in the right way are those who have been born again and that's why it's so emphasized in this passage when we have springs what are we thinking about the source of that water the source of refreshing he emphasizes as we conclude this psalm he emphasizes the springs why refreshment that soothing that which is pleasing that which satisfies satisfies all of that the source of all of that is worship well i'll close with that until next time shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others 
Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.